welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys feeling today? People excited to be here. I'm honored to be here. My name is Pastor John, uh, and I have the honor of serving alongside Pastor Gabby in our youth ministry, uh, just seeing God do some incredible things in our 6th through 12th graders. Uh, we've got kids going on global teams this year. We've got kids going to camp. It's been an amazing year for this youth ministry, uh, and I'm honored to be up here today. And I just want to honor uh, my leaders real quick, Pastor Chris, Pastor Hannah. I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, you took a chance on me like two years ago, uh, and God has been just doing some incredible things in and through me ever since. And you guys, uh, how I define you is your legacy leaders. You guys have built a legacy at this campus that will far outlast you being physically here. Uh, God has done some incredible things and I'm so thankful for you guys. Thank you for this opportunity this morning. Can we give it up for Pastor Chris and Hannah? It's awesome. Uh, a little bit about me before we get into the word this morning. I grew up in Apple Valley, so I'm a South Metro guy. Uh, graduated from Apple Valley High School in 2011. Uh, and then actually enlisted in the Marine Corps between my junior and senior year. So right after, uh, right after I graduated, uh, joined, went to boot camp, did all that fun summer, uh, summer camp type stuff at boot camp. It was awesome. Uh, and then spent the next four and a half years kind of in some different parts of the world. Uh, and God really, really opened my eyes through that experience to just see uh, different cultures and different people and just to realize that he loves them equally to how much he loves me was a really cool thing. And I got, I got to see some amazing places. I, I went on a couple non-combat deployments. I was, I was uh, given an opportunity to go on a combat deployment to Afghanistan, spent seven months there. It was an incredible uh, challenging experience, but I grew so much from it. And then I moved home in 2015, uh, and I needed to get plugged back into my church. And I'll tell you a little bit more about this story a little bit later on. But uh, I, I actually started attending River Valley when I was like a senior in high school, started at the youth group before there was like, I think Faribault was literally the only other campus at the time. So the church looked a lot different, and I moved home, got plugged back in to the same church, but it looked a lot different uh, by the time I got home and, and just started serving, started started diving into the, to the life of River Valley uh, and interned for about a year and then joined staff here just about, just shy two years ago. Uh, and it's been an incredible two years. I love this campus. I love every single person in this place. It's cool to look around, see some incredible faces of people that have just been uh, just the greatest encouragements around these last couple of years as I stepped into this role. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a blast. It's been a blast. And I'm excited to share with you guys today. Are we ready to get into the word just for a little bit this morning? Awesome. Uh, this, this week is part three of our summer series called Kingdom 
culture. And if you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, no worries. Uh, to bring you up to speed, we're, we're diving into what it looks like to go from a believer to a disciple, to actually activate our faith in our daily lives. And what I love about this series is you could go uh, away and see like three of the 10 messages and God is gonna do some awesome stuff through that. You could be here every single week and it'll build on itself, but they're, they're kind of independent messages every single week. And we're basing it off this book called 10 Qualities That Move You From a Believer to a Disciple. And this week we're talking about servant's heart. What does it mean to have a servant's heart? And I'm excited to get into the word. I just wanna pray real quick just to ask God to do something miraculous today. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for this church, for these people in this room. Lord, we just ask uh, for open hearts, open minds, open spirits to hear from you today. God, whatever you wanna do, however you wanna speak to each of us, Lord, we're ready, we're, we're available, and we're excited to hear from you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So we're jumping in today uh, to week three, like I said, servant's heart. And, and I, I don't know about you, but I can count on zero fingers how many of my non-Christian friends have ever said the word servant's heart before, right? It's the most Christian words you could ever like say. Like nobody knows what that means outside of these four walls and half of us still don't know what it means inside these four walls. So I just, before we go any further, I wanna clear the air on what it means to be a disciple and, and to actually walk out a servant's Heart, And I think the best way to do that is from Mark chapter 10. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples after they ask him a question about how do you become the greatest? Who is the greatest? And Jesus says this in Mark 10, 43. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And I love that verse because it kind of changes the conversation, right? We all are, are, are stepping out in our faith every single day, whether we realize it or not, trying to uh, walk out our faith in whatever context we find ourselves. And the disciples in this moment are asking this question, like, how do we accelerate that? How do we expedite this? How do we actually uh, walk out this process? How do we become great? And Jesus is like, yo, don't, don't be worried about becoming great. What you need to be worried about is loving people, serving people and being with people. And I love this verse right at the end. It says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve, right? Jesus challenges in that moment. He's like, guys, if anyone deserves and if anyone has the right to be served in this world, it's me, the son of of God, and yet I'm here serving people, right? We read the gospels and we see every single day, Jesus, yes, he, he took care of the needs of his team. He took care of the needs of himself. He, he made sure he was fed. He made sure he had a place to sleep, but it was always a second priority to the people around him. He, he always prioritized the needs of people before himself. So if we're gonna live out a servant's heart, if we're gonna even understand what that means, we need to understand that a servant's heart is a serving heart. It's a heart that serves people and serving equals selflessness. And selflessness, I really think is a challenging thing at times uh, because who loves you more than you, right? I love myself a lot. I like to be comfortable, especially after uh, a number of years in the military. I like to sleep in a comfortable bed, make sure I got some nice warm meals. Like I like 
comfort every single day. I like to look out for myself, but if we want to serve people, we need to become more sacrificial and selfless and actually walk out selflessness every single day. And selflessness isn't actually thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourself less often. We've all heard that said before, but I think it's really true. It's kind of a fun word play, right? Like, yeah, don't think less of yourself, but think of yourself less What does that mean? It means that you're no longer the top priority in your day-to-day life. You're no longer the top priority in your day-to-day life. And what I love about the life of Jesus, this ultimate example we just read here in Mark chapter 10, is that he displayed the greatest selfless act and the greatest servant's heart moment through the act of, of literally dying on the cross for each of us. And I take a second, I think about that, I process through what that must have been like and just to watch the selfless act. Think about the most selfless thing you've ever seen in your life. We see it in the news all the time. You, you have friends and family that have done selfless things and it, it always causes you to stand in awe and wonder of what they're doing. And I try to put myself there uh, in that moment where Jesus is hanging on the cross for me, for us, for all of mankind, for all of eternity. And in that moment, I realized that that is the bar we're supposed to chase after for selfless servanthood in our daily lives. And I know that there's grace when I miss it. I know that there's grace when I don't make it. But I know that every single day as I try to activate my faith and walk out being a servant and walk out my servant's heart, God is going to uh, accelerate that process every single day. And I'm challenged thinking of the cross and thinking about what Jesus did for me, what he did for us. And I, I, I think about this. If Jesus, the son of God, literally the son of God, like let's make this real simple. He is God. Like he is the greatest thing to ever happen in all of eternity. If Jesus was not above a moment of sacrificial love for people, how for a moment can I think that I can be above that? How can I ever allow myself to prioritize my needs, my comforts, my wants above other people? There's a verse in Matthew 6. We'll read it in just a minute. It's often used uh, when we talk about giving and generosity and, and, and finances and resources, but I think it works perfectly. And I think it's true in this moment as we're talking about what a servant's heart is and how we walk it out. It says this in Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And like I said, this, this works for money and resources, absolutely. But I want to ask you a question. What is your greatest resource? What is your greatest treasure in your life? For me, it's not the money. I can earn more money. I can, I can, I can start Ubering or, you know, do whatever I got to do, sell some stuff on eBay. I can make more money. The only thing in my life that I'm not getting more of is time. That's the only thing in my life that I will never get more of. I'm going to get 24 hours a day. Every single day I'm here and I'm never going to get more. I'm never going to get less. It's my greatest treasure is my time. And so in this moment, I'm reading this verse. I say, for, for where your treasure is, I, I switch that out, just trying to process through this. For where my time is, there your heart will be also. Where do I prioritize my time, my actions, my, my life, my day-to-day things? That is indicative, that, that shows me and shows others where my heart is. 
And, and the, the reality is the heart is the biggest thing God cares about, right? So when we serve others, it pulls our heart in the direction of others because he cares about our heart caring for others. Everything boils down to how is the status, how's the, the health of our heart in our daily lives. And if you're like me, uh, I grew up in church. I've been in church a long, long time since I was literally, some of my very earliest memories are in church, uh, which I'm so thankful for. But I know there's been seasons for me uh, as a believer, as a Christ follower, where I've been like, yeah, that makes sense. And this may be you in this moment. You're like, yeah, that makes sense, Pastor John. I get that. That, yeah, we want to serve people. We want to love people. Jesus did it, so I should do it. I get that. That's good. But this is a busy season for me. Like we just, we just moved. I just got promoted. I, 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 I got this big vacation coming up. I got to work overtime. Uh, my family's kind of in disarray right now. Things are going on. And I'm really thankful that myself, my family, my kids, my friends, we know Jesus. We've received salvation. So we're just going to take this season and kind of just chill, just be calm. Like we'll, we'll, we'll maybe serve a person or two every once in a while. But in this season, Pastor John, I hope you understand, like it's just busy. So we're going to take a break in this season. And, and I want to just take a couple minutes and try to reshape that thought process. Cause I, I know it's been true in my life. Many times I've thought that like last week I had a moment where I was like, yeah, I'm really busy. I don't have time to talk to this one person or, or to love on this person or to go be with this person or whatever it may be. It happens all the time. But I want to reframe your thinking for a second. How many know uh, if you're a guy, you'll, you'll amen this. This will probably be your loudest amen all day if you're a guy. But the greatest place in the world is Home Depot, is it not? Home Depot is the promised land if you are a man. Someday, I, I joke about this, but I really, really mean it in my heart, that someday when I retire, I want to retire and be the guy that knows where every single thing is at Home Depot, the cool old guy in the orange. It's the greatest job in the world. But I remember, I remember when I was an intern, I was interning at our Apple Valley campus, uh, and, and interning, if you've never interned or met an intern, uh, meet one and know that if you're interning, it's a full-time job. Even if you're not physically here 40 hours a week, you're serving, you're praying, you're, you're, you're with people all the time. To intern is a commitment. And I was interning in that season. I was living downtown Minneapolis. I was going to North Central University and I was working at, at the Home Depot in St. Louis Park running the, the lumber yard. Like greatest job in the world, right? A lumber yard supervisor for Home Depot. It was the best. Uh, but I remember so clearly there was a guy that had worked in my department for like 15 years. And I was, I, I, I was his boss. He's like, he's like 38. I'm 22. It's kind of a weird dynamic as it is. And I remember uh, in busy seasons, and I, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of wear my busyness on my face, right? Like people know if I'm busy. They know if I don't really have time and I'm stressed and worried and all these different things. And this guy, every single time he would see that, I would come in the next day and the littlest task that I needed to get done that day would already be done. He would have already taken care of it. He blessed me to just take care of the little beginning menial task at the beginning of the day. And it blessed me so much and I loved it. And how many know that I always wanted to be the first to say, take the day off to that guy, right? Like he served me. So why would I not approve his vacation? Why would I not advocate for him to take time off and, and to, to do whatever he needed to do? Because I wanted to serve him because he had served me. Me. 
It's the same thing. A friend helps you move on a Saturday afternoon. You better believe the next time your friend is moving and they already know this, you're gonna help them in return. Why? Because when people serve us, we wanna serve them in return. And I'm challenged with this thought. Jesus, right, the savior of the world has sacrificed and given and blessed us with everything. And yet we can't prioritize him and his people enough to sacrifice some of our comfort and our time for him and for people all around us. What we got to understand is salvation if we're, if we're going back to the original statement of too busy in this season, but we're thankful for our salvation. Salvation is just the beginning. And our actions, our deeds, the life we live day in and day out is actually the path of faith that matters so, so much. See, salvation is step one. God desires us to pursue step one through a thousand throughout our lives. He doesn't want us to stay in one place. First John 4 says this, we love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and their sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. For us to love God is to love people. I love Pastor Rob's message last week because it spoke to the heart of this verse and to what we're talking about right now. For us to serve people, to walk out a servant's heart day in and day out, we need to love people because Jesus loves People. Jesus is passionate about people, so I should be passionate about people. To love people is to serve people. First Peter 4 says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. I don't know if you know this, but every single person in this room has a unique gift that is unique to only you. Only you. I can't replicate what God has put in your heart. I can't replicate what gifts and talents he's given you. But I know this, that if as a collective whole, as the church, the people that make up the church, if we were to serve people with whatever our gift may be, whether it's communicating or, or working behind the scenes or holding a door open for people or working in IT or solving problems and creating systems, whatever it may be, if we were to all do that, this community, the, the hundreds of thousands of people around this community would know and will know that this church is different because we are utilizing our gifts to bring God glory. And our faith is displayed through those actions, through those gifts. It says this in James two fourteen: What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If, someone's, if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. See, faith is an activation thing. To have faith but have no action doesn't make sense because if we truly have faith in the creator of the world, in Jesus Christ, then that naturally propels us to action in our daily lives. 
So as we grab hold of this idea of a servant's heart, what a servant's heart looks like, why, why it even matters, why it should be a priority in our movement from, from believer to disciple, as we're leaning into this series this summer, I've got just three simple ways that we can walk out a servant's heart today and going forward. But real quick, before we go any further, if you've been reading along in this book, uh, the, the, the 10 principles book, you'll have already kind of heard this story, but I love it. I think it's so true. And, and the author actually talks about how in every church in the world, there's three types of people that attend your church. And I, I just want to take a couple minutes and, and I want us to self-assess which of these three groups we fall into, because I think it'll propel us forward into the action steps we're about to talk to. But the first type of person that's in our church right now in this moment, and maybe you, you are the visitor let me be the 18th person to say, welcome home. We're honored that you're here. Every single person you've heard walk up here this morning has said, welcome home. We're honored that you're here. And if you are a guest or a visitor, you're maybe here uh, to hear Pastor Evan and his, his sick hair flow, just leading worship. Maybe you're here because a friend invited you. You're out of, ta- you're out of town and, and visiting people, whatever it may be, but you're here as a visitor. And guess what? We really believe this. There is no need for you to pick anything up if you're a visitor. There's no need for you to, to do anything special. We just want you to be here, to feel welcome, to feel loved, and to engage with the service. So welcome if you are a visitor. The second group, the, the, the second group that I think may be one of the larger groups is the, the, the renter, the renter, the visitor, uh, uh, the, 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 the hotel guest, if you will. And, and I use this uh, example, the hotel guest. Why? Because when you go to a hotel, you go expecting the services and, and the, the, the comforts and the good stuff without any of the work on the back end, right? You, you shower, you, you clean yourself up, you throw your towel on the ground, you, you sleep in your bed, somebody comes and makes the bed for you. You got to do nothing, right? You're there as a guest and you're just renting in the moment. I think that's a large group of us in here. We come week in and week out, and yet we don't engage with owning, which is the third group in the local church. The third group is the owner. The owner is the person that, that creates accountability in every moment. They see a piece of trash on the ground, they pick it up. They see a new person that, that walks through the door that doesn't know where they're going. They're going to engage that person, whether they're on a life team or not, and they're going to love them and greet them and serve them. I think of a guy in our church, many of you have no idea who he is because he's on our production team. His name's Nathan Jorvad. And if you've never met Nathan, he's a legend. I think he's literally in our video room right now. He's like in the behind the scenes. But, but Nate Dog, as we call him, Nathan, uh, is one of the greatest servant leaders I've ever met because he serves week in and week out faithfully and yet is 100% content never being seen. 99% of you have no idea who I'm talking about. You're like, cool, glad for that guy. He is the definition, the epitome of what a servant looks like in the local church. And I look at my own journey, right? I moved home in 2015 uh, and I re-engaged with the church that I knew as home, River Valley. And I, I signed up to be a greeter and I signed up to be a youth leader. And I remember just sitting there thinking, I gotta, I gotta serve, I gotta get plugged in. I need community. I wanna help build and grow and love on the church. So I'm gonna greet because I can hold a door and I'm gonna serve kids because I don't hate young people. I'm not kidding, that was my mindset. 
And so I signed up, started serving. This was January of 2016. By March of 2016, I was leading a greeting team every, uh, every month at the Apple Valley campus of all empty nesters. It was one of the more unique leadership experiences of my life. It was 23 or 24-year-old John and a bunch of empty nesters. And we met, we greeted people, we loved on them. It was awesome. And I stepped into interning for youth at the Apple Valley campus. And at this point, I'm still like, yeah, I don't hate young people, but I love love the leadership at the campus and I want to serve them and love them and care for them and develop as, as a leader in my life. And fast forward a year of interning, I get a call from Pastor Terry Parkman one day, our, our next gen pastor here at the church. And he says, John, have you ever thought about actually stepping into a role as a youth pastor? And I'm like, not really. Um, I'm going to school right now. Like not like kind of, but not really, but probably not. And over a series of conversations with him, with Pastor Chris, with just a lot of time in prayer, I remember actually agreeing to, to go through the interview process. And I walked into this room on a Wednesday night and I experienced pre-service prayer. And I saw a room full of young leaders and student leaders who were sacrificially serving the youth ministry through prayer for 30 minutes before a service ever started, believing that God was gonna do something miraculous in and through them and in and through their peers that night. And in that moment, God just, melted my heart for youth ministry. I knew immediately this is exactly where I was supposed to be. And it's been the greatest two years of my life. But I, I share that story to share this with you. I went through this process of going from visitor to renter to owner in about 14 months. And God brought me on this journey and I didn't even realize it. And looking back, I wish I had realized it because I know that it would have expedited uh, this process and it would have refined me even greater. And so just know this, you're at an advantage today knowing that there are some of us visiting today. It's all good. You're welcome here. There's some of us renting today. It's all good. We just want you to move forward to become an owner. If you're an owner today, the job's not done. We want you to replicate yourself time and time again to serve in the local church is a process and a cycle. But we can do three little things uh, that are really simple in our day-to-day lives to really see God utilize us as servant leaders. And the first one is to do the little things. Start with the small, easy things. What I try to do, um, and I, I don't always accomplish this, but I try to put myself in the thought process on a Monday morning. I walk in What can I do today to serve Pastor Gabby by just doing one thing I know she doesn't want to deal with today? I'm going to just do one thing for her that she doesn't want to deal with to take it off her plate, to serve her, to show her that I'm on board, that I'm following her vision. I'm all in on the youth team. And I try to do one little thing for her every single day. It's the same thing with my friends, my family, the people I'm around. I try to do the little things. I don't seek out a big change in a moment. I seek repetitive little things over time because those are the things that are gonna lead to lasting change in my life. Great way to do this. You just heard Pastor Chris talk about it. You saw a video about it. We've been talking about it for months now. Serve day is in six days. Do the little things. Show up for three hours. Let's love on our community. Let's, let's meet people where they're at and let's be willing to serve people in the little things. No one's above pulling some weeds. No one's above painting a wall. No one's above playing bingo. If you're fortunate enough to play bingo with someone on serve day, bless your soul because that is the best serve day possibility there is. And it's the best job around. But serve day, sign up, be a part of it. Like this should be an activation moment for you to do the little things through serving and loving people. 
The second thing we need to do is we need to be available. Silence in the room, because this is, I think, the hardest thing for us in American culture to do. Why? Because I look at, I, this, is, this is 100% true. I, if I walk up to a youth student and I say, hey, let's hang out, let's go grab coffee, let's connect. When, when I was a student, I'd be like, yeah, whenever you're free, I'm free. Like, let's do it. Now, students, and this is not an exaggeration, they pull out their phones, they check their schedules, and they tell me in 11 days they're available from 1.30 to 2.15 and we schedule it in and we go for it because the world has become so busy. But if we want to develop and execute and walk out a servant's heart, we need to be available in every moment. We need to create space to serve people. This is my favorite verse in this, this whole message. It's from the message translation, Romans chapter 8, verse 7. It says this, focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God, ends up thinking more about self than God. That person ignores who God is and what he is doing, and God is not pleased at being ignored. I think for us to walk out a servant's heart, we need to do a little bit of an audit in our lives. We need to make sure we're available. And this week, I would challenge each and every one of us, let's look at our calendars and let's figure out what things are necessary, what things are wanted, what things we can delegate, and what things we can ignore. And let's create space to prioritize God and to prioritize people over our schedule. If I'm honest, uh, as the band starts to make their way up, this, this process has been tough for me. Uh, working in a church at times can feel like I'm serving people Monday through Friday during office hours uh, when I'm getting paid to be here. Like it can be easy for me to serve and love people during those times. And it can be really easy for me to disengage and not serve people when I'm not at this place. And God's really had to work on my heart in the last couple of months and especially this last week as I've been preparing this message because I've realized that I have not been walking out a servant's heart like I thought I had been. Just because my job requires that I serve people doesn't mean I'm doing it with joy, doesn't mean I'm doing it with thanksgiving, doesn't mean I'm doing it above everything else. And I've really had to audit and identify my own life. What things have I prioritized over people in my day-to-day -day life? Whether it's at work, at home, with friends, in relationships, whatever it may be. And I've started to just try to do little things to serve and to love people better. And the last and the, the, the most important piece of this is we need to listen to the Spirit's prompting. And I really believe this, that as we ask God to refine us, to renew us, to, to, to work on our hearts, we need to understand that God will ask us to step out in faith time and time again. I was, I was reminded of this this week. God challenged me with this thought that as we decide to, to, to develop a servant's heart and we, we develop it and then we deploy it, those are, that's kind of the process, the linear progression of developing a servant's heart to decide you want it, to develop it, and then to deploy it. And God challenged me, said, yes, you need, to you need to desire a servant's heart every single time, but you also need to develop and deploy at the same time. 
As long as your heart is open and ready, I will work on your heart as you step out in faith, serving people every single day. And I think we believe this lie a lot in the church that you gotta get it right before you step out in faith. And God today, I really believe is saying that as we listen to his voice, as we're obedient to what he's asking us to do, we can step out in faith knowing that he's gonna cover the the gap. He's gonna fill in the space with his grace when we fall short, when we don't make it. He's gonna continue to work on our hearts as we're ready and available to serve him, to love people and to meet them where they're at. So this week, let's let's take time to audit our lives, figure out where we can create space, where we can create time. Let's do the little things for maybe a boss, a friend or a family member, and let's be ready and available when the spirit of God asks us to step out in faith. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for you. God, just for your love, for your mercy, for your goodness. Lord, it's the greatest honor to serve you God, it's the greatest honor to grow and to build your kingdom in this community. God, we just ask, Lord, would you do a work in our hearts? God, would you do an audit in our hearts today? God, we don't wanna serve people to gain. God, we don't wanna serve people uh, to get good things, but God, we wanna serve people because you first served us by giving your son. So Jesus, today we promise to step out in faith, to step out in obedience, to step out in courage in every moment and every season. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Can we stand up? We're gonna go back into this song one more time, declaring the victory, the goodness, the love, and the mercy of a God who has already served us today. Let's sing it. Thank you, Jesus.